0: Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of the Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer to God, His Word, and people. This week, we're concluding our series on spiritual formation. We're going to be applying the definition of spiritual formate transformation by identifying how to grow in love, and we're going to be anchoring down in John 15. going on your journey today. I'm Cody Leakin, and this week we're joined with Joe. Joe, thanks for being here and taking the time to...
1: Hey, at the time of this recording, it's a cold, icy morning, but it will be 51 by the weekend, people. Welcome to the end of February.
0: Welcome to Kansas. You don't like the weather? Wait a day. And it's brand new. That's right. Awesome. So as we've kind of been going through this for the last seven weeks, we're bringing it up into a close. This week, we started out with some Old Testament passages in Deuteronomy, looking at walking with the Lord. We hung out in that Old Testament for the first couple of days, and then we transitioned on into the New Testament, specifically looking at James's call for us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So,
1: Joe, can you kind of give us a direction of where we're going this week as we wrap up this series? Yeah, as we wrap up this series, we're going to be anchored in John 15. And Jesus says, "'I'm the vine, you're the branches.'" Basically, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so abide in me is the invitation of John 15. And when we abide in Jesus, we will love others. Just as the grape is the glory of the vine, love is the glory of a life that's abiding in Christ. A love for God and a love for others. That's the measure. That's the measure of our maturity in Christ.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's going to be great. Um, Rather straightforward message. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the gospel message, right? We should love yes. others. Uh, but is there anything else from your time of study that you thought would be really helpful as we dive into this passage?
1: Well, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. Uh-oh. I stayed really focused in my study and okay. just went deep on John 15. Yeah. And everything I've studied, I'm sharing this week. So I don't have another, I was going to do this, but I dropped yeah. it and decided not to go in that area. So I've, you're getting everything I studied in this message this week.
0: You hang on to that one. That's this is right. good. <laughs> it's going to be, it's a, it's a good message. It's going to be really helpful. And I, it, like you said, it's going to be straightforward. So, yes,
1: but it's an easy message to give. It's much harder to live. To apply, for sure. That is the picture. And we'll spend the rest of our lives learning how to love God and love each other. And so, this is going to be something that can easily be something we hear yeah but then when we think about the ramifications of what it means to apply it that's where that's where the rut gets in and we resist that
0: yeah and this is something that i mean we can ask ourselves we listen to this message every year and apply it because one of the things you ask is like where where were you a year ago yeah and so it's a continual reminder that we need this message and so you mentioned rut and so we'll just jump ahead to that question here all right so can you kind of, as you, as you answer this, can you set up what do you mean by a rut? And then to answer the question of what area do you feel that you're in a rut with in regards to love?
1: Okay, so when the way of God is the way of love, and he calls you to love him and love others, on that path, you're going to spin your wheels. You're going to have a difficulty, a point in you that resists loving God or, and trusting him, mm-hmm. or loving others and forgiving them, accepting them, welcome, welcoming them into your life. And so those ruts are good for us to know. We're on the way, but we're in a rut, and we're not able to move forward. And it's usually because of our refusal to receive the love of God or to reflect the love of God. And so I want everyone just to be thinking in our lives, where do we find ourselves spinning our wheels? At what point do I struggle loving others? And to know that, because that's actually a trigger. You stop loving someone through a trigger of uh, a past memory, a present manifestation of offense or um, frustration with them, and it keeps you. It keeps the love of God bottlenecked from you so that you just spin your wheels. And the, the call of Jesus is to allow him to source our life, lives with love. We're not going to get out of this rut alone. Yeah. We're going to need him to pull us out. And the way forward is through loving our brother, loving our neighbor, and loving our enemy. That's how he moves us on on this path of love.
0: Yeah. As you're talking, I really resonated with the, what is the trigger for it? Mm-hmm. And so the rut that I'm stuck in is uh, homeless people. So like, I find mm. it really hard to love because like I that trigger for me has been they're just gonna spend the money on drugs. Yeah. And so like I, I don't want to give them money. And so then I just have gotten in this rut of like, well don't engage. Yeah. So the other day Lil had said, hey, there's it's cold out, there's snow. Mm-hmm. Um grab a hand warmer and let's give it to the person who's standing out on the street. I'm like, whoa, why didn't I think of that? And so that's okay. been the thing that's helped me try to get out of the rut. And so I have a couple hand warmers sitting in the Console, so yeah, do that and not feel like oh they're just going to spend it on drugs. And so, man, as you're talking about that, like that that's my trigger. Like as I see that, I'm like I want to enter into that that old pathway of like just ignore them. Yeah, they're just they're just here for drug money instead of like well they're creating the image of God and I need to Mm -hmm. love them and share that with them.
1: So yeah. Isn't it something how, in order to win the argument, you have to assassinate people? And I think for me, that it's been the sound bites of a political person, I don't know, yeah. that it's easy to uh, hear the attack against that person or the statements by that person, and when you're not uh, maintaining a loving posture, how you can just join in and repeat what's been said, yeah. or say the soundbite back, and you feel better about it in, in some weird kind of way, right. rather than really allowing God to transform your heart in loving that person. Um. So I think it really is a picture of what's the loving thing to to think first. Yeah, it's God. How do you see that person? That's where we go all the way back to Genesis one, where God created male and female in His image, in the image of God He created them. Right, as priceless eternal people. Whether or not they trust or follow Christ, is, it doesn't take away that they're created in His image with huge value and infinite worth and eternal, priceless nature to them. And so I have to restore that. When a culture degrades people or discounts the, the image of God in people, I have to restore that. That's part of the body of Christ who does that. And I do that through reflecting the image of God through the glory of Christ through my life. Yeah. And I do that through love. And you don't have to compromise what you believe about God or believe about his word while at the same time loving someone who is living in a disagreement with that. So <laughs> it's just like, if I love that person, I am going to be compromising my faith. Uh, and, and you don't have to. At the world, the receiving end of that love might even say, you can't believe what you believe and be a person of love. And so whether it's that own picture of yourself voice or what you have heard a watching secular culture say about you, um, you have to fight those because you can balance the truth. You can balance the truth in love as, as John 1 says, God is balanced in truth and grace. He has those things. He's full of those two things. He knows the truth, everything about you, what you're aligned with him and what you're opposed to him on. And yet he chooses to love you anyway. We have to show a greater love than what we're showing right now.
0: Yeah. What a good reminder. What a good question to process that and flush that out with. Yeah. Um, The next question we've got today is, what is a common area that you measure the maturity of your faith in Christ?
1: Okay, so we were talking about love being the measure and thinking through that of when it's, when love is not the measure, when I kind of move into myself and focus on myself and purse, you know, it's um, Project Joe, God take care of Project Joe, rather yeah. than me aligned to the kingdom of God, Project God. Yeah. I, tend to, um, I tend to use other things to measure my faith, my seminary degree, my education, yeah. How many times I'm meeting with the Lord? How often I pray, how often I'm teaching uh, or in, the, in Bible studies, how many times I go to church, how much do I give in the offering, all those things, um, and I'll be even honest, it's tempting for a church to go, how many mature people do we have? Well, how many people are coming to our services? How many people are giving in the offering? How many are serving? Right. And if we do those three things, then everyone will be mature, and it just is not, all those, those things help you grow, the true measure... Is a love for God and a love for others, hmm. and so um, those are for me. For me, when I'm not on Christ and I'm not loving God and not loving others, I'll look for those counterfeits all the time. What about you?
0: Uh, I love my checked boxes. How many daily devotions did I get in a row yeah. without faltering? And one that's kind of subjective and I don't know how to measure it, but I do measure it myself is how much do I feel like moved, like that spiritual mm. movement of like uh, that worship song really connected yeah. or just feeling emotions of faith and like, well, that's means I had a mature week because uh, I don't know, I felt the verge of tears two or three times yeah. or like I felt the presence of God moving. And so wanting to be able to check, I guess another checkbox is check sure. the feeling box of, yeah. I'm mature because I felt God this week and I read my Bible five days a week. And so yeah, yeah. those
1: are my... I appreciate you sharing that because that's many times we do gauge our maturity based on how we feel about God. Yeah. And um, although our feelings are a part of how we love... Hmm. They just can't be that determining factor because yeah. my feelings are are related to a whole bunch of things that happen around me, right? Right. And the circumstances of my life, if someone I care for has a bad diagnosis, I don't feel great about that, but I yeah. can still be mature as I navigate through that. And the presence of God is still with me just as much as when I feel his presence being close. So that's that's a really good, thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, I think trying to learn the that, like, even in my tiredness and, like, even, like, I have a tired week because kids and mm-hmm. life and sickness, but even in that, like, even though I didn't feel that energizing, like, oh, my gosh, the Spirit's moving, that like, God is still there. And so, yeah that's I guess right. in my immaturity, that's the common area that I try to measure with mm-hmm. instead of using love.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Okay, so we are concluding a seven-week series. Yeah, we have started with this definition of what it means to be spiritually transformed, and we've just spent the last couple weeks unpacking like how to practically apply that. Yeah. So, can you kind of share where we're going next? Like, okay. what what is the next
1: so series? So, think like? with me about this definition of spiritual transformation. Okay, process of being transformed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Everything about this process is it's powered by love. Hmm. So as we land the plane on this conversation, <clears throat> we can't grow in this, this can't be developed, this can't be formed in us, void of love. We have to be sourced by the love of God. And we did this in in, uh, in intentionally as we think about our next series, which is our cultural moment, which as we look at a secular culture that is moving more and more untethered from... God, his will, his way, his, his word, um, and into a kind of self-defined life. And that's the mantra is, I know what's best for me. I can pursue what's best for me. I know what's, what's good, and you can't tell me what. And what's good for me isn't good for everyone. Yeah. So everyone needs to define themselves based on what they feel is best for them. Again, untethered from the word, what's a Christian to do? And so, with this transfer, this picture of transformation of being formed into the image of Christ, our our focus over the next six weeks is how do we live as a faithful presence in the midst of a secular culture, hmm. one that we no longer should expect to lead us to Christ, right? Right. Who leads? Us, who who is here to lead people to Christ? The church. It's always been from day one. Yeah. It's never been something uh, you have honor the emperor, right? And obey the rulers that are over you. But it's never been a a picture uh, in the New Testament world where Jesus looks to a government to lead people to Jesus. He looks to the church to be Jesus. And so this is an opportunity for us to have um, a a thoughtful, meaningful, and loving conversation about six key areas. Here they are. We're going to open up next week with sexual integrity. Uh, And we're going to share a perspective of what's God's vision for sexual integrity and the supporting passages, which each one of us will go through through our daily devotions. And then we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the resistance to that in our culture right now, Hmm. how God's vision is seen as narrow and limiting and toxic. And then how are we as the church to respond? Not just in obedience to the vision that God has for us, but in response to a world that views God's vision as toxic. Yeah. How do we have meaningful conversations? Because the typical angle now is the world is going to hell. Let's build the wall. Yep. Let's build the the, Circle the, 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 the ship. Uh, yeah. And the spaceship and Jesus will return. And we can't. We have to engage the world in a, with a loving response while, without compromising the truth. So we'll start with sexual integrity. Week after that will be sacred life. Womb to the tomb. Not just one, but womb to the tomb. Yep. How do we value the preborn as well as the poor, as well as the um, senior who is pushed to the side and the margins of life, restoring the image of God in man. And then the third one is going to be gender identity, where we look at God's picture of why did God create male and female? Why Hmm. does it seem that his vision is binary and not fluid? And what happens when we detach from that? And then how do we respond to a world who has basically put no definition to it? Hmm. And in a loving way, that allows people to develop around us into a clearer picture of who Christ is and how to follow him through that, through gender dysphoria. I mean, that's a real thing. We all struggle with our, our perception of ourself, whether yeah. it's gender, whether it's worth or value, significance. Mm. And so it's not just gender that we deal with a problem with perception. Yeah, And the church has to be loving in how we respond to that while not compromising the truth. Right. We'll talk about race. Right now, race is something that no one wants to talk about anymore. It's divided us. It's it. We're ruled by sound bites, and we're easily triggered to go down a path that doesn't that that says something you're not saying or does something that uh, just protects yourself. We need to have a loving picture because heaven is a picture of all nations, races, and tribes glorifying God in the church from day one was to reflect a diversity of races all under the lordship of Jesus. And so we have to have that. And and that means we look honestly at our history and understand that not negating the good that God has done through our country, but at the same time, not ignoring the, um, you know, the excesses of injustice that have been done and take you know it's not where we we look at of how can we pay and make this right as much as is who can we be to be the men and women that reflect Jesus and come alongside our african american brothers and sisters and bless them and include them in the work of god that he's doing through our church uh, then we'll have what faithful presence means. How do I view the world? Will, is, do I view this as the world is Jericho, that we're to uh, get the masses and overturn and raise up to be yep. power uh, and and to rule the land? Or do we view it more as Babylon, where we're called to be a faithful presence, as Jeremiah 29 says, and as First Peter calls us to? I mean, those are two different narratives that are being pursued by Christians these days, and we need to be able to speak into that. And then finally, just uh, that, that final one on how do we share our faith in a world that views the expression of faith or proselytizing as toxic? Hmm. Um, there, you look at the coasts right now of our country, and most people who hear the gospel presented to them or hear of a parent raising their child in the church, they view that as child abuse. Hmm. And I don't want to just go, mm, when we hear that. Yeah. But how do we respond to that? Is it legit? Do, is faith just, just something that goes around Christians, or do all people have a level of faith and where they're putting their trust in and where their help comes from? I mean, that's something we have to level the playing field so that we have an opportunity to share the truth about God with the love of God and the gospel. We want to equip people men and women in our church have meaningful conversations with the watching world on these topics. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be challenging, but this one on the measure of your love, this is, it's empowered. We're empowered by the love of God, by the spirit of God, through the word of God in our lives. We need to be able to reflect this as we have these conversations. So I gave you too much, man, but that's kind of the overall picture. It's a big series. There's a lot of
0: complexities to it. And so as we process this, we're going to be going together. So we kind of teased a little bit at the First to Know Leader training that something's going to look different about the podcast. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give a little bit of light to that? We're still trying to iron out some details, but... By and large, it's going to be kind of different. So yeah.
1: What does so that look like? unlike you hosting this and going through this? We ultimately this this whole podcast right now is on equipping the leader to lead well in their group. Yeah. This is going to really be content that you can connect to during your community group, and so we'll have a continuing conversation. There'll be continued content and teaching that we'll have beyond the message that you can play for your small group or community group to see and to watch. And then there'll be discussion questions that you'll go off of that. So before you may have been doing a little bit of teaching, yeah. this one, we'll do the teaching. So we take the pressure off of you. You'll be the facilitating of conversations around that. And we really believe, and I mean, our elders will be praying weekly for our whole church as we navigate through this. I mean, a specific time of gathering, to meet and prayer, yes. uh, because we realize these have divided us—not just the church, but outside the church. These topics yeah. have divided us, and we want we want to set you up for success with your group, as well as equip our congregation to have meaningful uh, conversations and loving conversations with a watching world around them. Whether it's their family, or work, some they work with, a neighbor, a friend. Um, it, to, to be able to process this and have conversations about it, that podcast is aimed towards that.
0: Yeah, so the form might look a little bit different, but you're going to still be able to get it on the same channels and the same methods that we've been going through it. Great. And so I will have those links for you in the weekly emails, so be look on, on the lookout for that. And if you have any questions on how to get it to play for your group, feel free to reach out, and I would love to help you navigate that. Vimeo sometimes can be a little difficult, but... Mm-hmm. We'd love for you guys to join us on that. And so
1: with that, Joe, can you pray for us as we go about this week? And sure. Heavenly Father, thanks for this time. Thank you for each community group leader. Bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. Grow us in your love, Lord. Uh, We have to abide in you to receive the love you have to give to us. And our lives are in ruts if if it's all going to be about us we need you to guide us through that so that we can follow you and grow in your love. Thank you for the promise of giving more love when we pray for it and guard our mind to do the to think the next loving thing, to to speak the next loving word and to do the next loving act. And we ask Jesus to be reflected in us and your glory to increase on this earth. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Awesome. Group leaders, we have group link coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry for the spring, and so I will have the link to register for that. Let me know that you're coming, and it's just a quick little update, so that way all of the check boxes are updated for you, so that when people are looking for a group, they can walk on over to the group that meets where they're at in life or where they're at in town, and so would love for that to be done. I will be sending that out in the email this week, but with that. Have a good week, and we'll see you guys again next week.
1: Bye-bye.